Hello and welcome to Overburdened, a podcast for postal workers. I'm Brandy Hughes. And I'm Kevin Hitchings. This week we're joining you from uh, the Queen City, Regina, Saskatchewan, because we're both at the Saskatchewan Federation of Labor Convention. Yay! Yay. Super exciting. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Maybe not. We'll see how it <laughs> comes out. But uh, interesting so far. It's a great place to meet other unionized workers. And it's the Saskatchewan Federation, so it's outside of posties and all kinds of other people. So great for networking with other unions and other labor councils. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about force majeure. I thought about this before and I thought, well, everyone knows about it. And then I thought, well, actually, they probably don't because... My first few years at the post office, it never came up at all. Yep. And the supervisors seem to be lost in making up procedures every time, something that's probably not even standardized like it should be, even though in the corporate manual system it lays out some pretty clear guidelines. So if this is something that's not used in your local or in your depot, um, it's definitely something you should be aware of and definitely something LJOSH for sure should be aware of. Well, the first time force majeure came up, I asked them what exactly that meant, and they said it meant a force of God or a force of nature. Uh, I've looked up the term since then. It's a legal term that refers to impediments to uh, to a situation that are specifically not acts of God. Uh, what it actually means is just major force. So any kind of major force, and in this case we're talking about stuff that stops delivery uh, or your ability to delivery. Yeah, so when it comes up in, in legal terms, it's Basically, it is a force that's beyond the control of either party that means that they're unable to meet their contractual obligations. Right. So there are four criteria for force majeure clauses in a in a contract. Uh, it must define the breach for which the, the promising party uh, seeks to be excused. It has to define what the event is that's making it so they cannot meet their obligations. It has to require and define the connection between those two, the, the cause and the thing that cannot be met. And then it must explain what will happen if the performance of that obligation is excused. So what is the backup plan, basically? Right. And this is all defined in the corporate manual system. There's an article in there called Force Majeure. Yep. And again, the corporate manual system is just found on Interpost. If you go under resources, it's there. Uh, we have an entire episode on it previous. And if you're looking, it's uh, 1202.51e. Uh, yeah, because they're in numerical order there. The search engine is not always the best, although this one does come up if you just type in force even. Okay, some of the criteria they list uh, in this article as force majeure, which again are items that prevent us from delivering, right. uh, would be severe weather slash acts of God. And it defines things in here. One of them is a pandemic, actually. But cold weather or extreme heat. So if it is extremely cold out there or extremely hot uh, and you consider it a safety hazard, you can ask them to uh, declare force majeure on that day. And this is something, like I say, that didn't happen for my first, I don't know, three or four years at the post office at least. And uh, with L. Josh's help, uh, became fairly routine when it got below minus 30-ish, um, not too often for the heat but it can be used and uh, it is available. Um, That was kind of a process for us to get that to happen. Like there were a number of times where there would be cold weather warnings. The the, uh, weather forecast would would have all these warnings about how long you could be outside and it would be generally 15 minutes or less would, would be what they were recommending. And then as the committee, we would go in, 
walk into the supervisor's office, two of us at least, and say, look, we have a problem. It's not safe for our people to be out here. What are you doing about it? And do get on this right away if you want to do that, because I'm pretty sure in our depot they don't, or at least don't always, uh, call the the National Control Center. But technically, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to get approval from higher up. Right. And that's not always fast. Right. It should be fast. But uh, don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait till people are tied out. uh, Because first of all, they may not even be required to take all that out. So get on it right away. Go straight to the supervisor. Say, hey, we would like you to consider force majeure. This is why. And they should be calling the Area Performance Center right away. Yep. Um, and make sure they do. I would even, if if you're pretty convinced that it's going to come to that, I would even phone in before I got to work sometime. Yeah. And just be like, hey, just so you know, this is the first thing I want to talk about when I come to work today. And mm-hmm. you might as well take the first steps and get the ball rolling. Because we're going to refuse under 3313 or, or under the Labor Code if you're an RSMC. We're going to refuse to deliver because it's unsafe. Yeah, and that's not, they'll, they'll say, why are you threatening me? We're not threatening. I'm just providing you with all the information. This is what's going to logically occur if, and I'm not trying to threaten you, but this is just the procedure that we're going to have to follow. Right. Um, this has happened. One of the things further down the list of reasons that they can invoke this is a power outage. And this is why I say make sure they call right away. And I would advise staying there while the, until they do. Uh, we've had a couple of power outages at our depot that have lasted several hours. And they say, oh, yeah, well, we're definitely going to modify things. We just need to prove them higher up. And they don't. And they wait and they wait. And uh, we've had them wait up to three hours before it's like, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, this is, we're definitely going to get approval now. We'll let you know in five minutes. Oh, wait, lights are on too late. Everything's good. Go back to work. Yeah. You know? Meanwhile, so, they've delayed you by three hours. <laughs> yeah. And the area performance center is supposed to be always available to them. So when I say takes a while, like 20 minutes would be extreme. It should be within three or four minutes, uh, maybe 10 at most. Um, but you do want to get that ball rolling just in case. It's worth noting that the weather conditions, it's not just hot and cold. I mean, it could be fires, it could be tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, blizzards. Has mudslides um, listed. Yeah, um, even those days, you know, when there's a forest fire somewhere else nearby and there's just so much smoke in the air that they're not recommending that you be outside or do physical activity outside, you've got the right to refuse there and to invoke the force majeure because um, it's it's still the same thing. It's not safe to do the to do the job. But just to clarify, you can invoke a 3313, a right to refuse, and I know it's a different number in the, R- the RSMCs. Uh, you can only request for yeah, force majeure. Request. You can't demand yeah. it. Um, the other thing too with this is it's extreme weather that might be different at certain times. Um, I know a couple of years ago we had a, not really a blizzard, but a significant s- snowfall uh, in August. I was still working for the city then, so I think I'm going back like 20 years, actually. Um, you know, it wasn't extremely cold. Very, for Saskatchewan, it's almost a nothing day. But in August, nobody is prepared for that. You don't have the proper clothes with you. Uh, that could be called a force majeure, you know. It's not extreme weather, but it's extreme for the season. Yep, that's right? fair. Yep. So, you know, might have a little bit more of a fight to get that through, but it's possible. Um some of the other reasons uh, it lists here is transportation delays. Um, and again, this, it means major force, so it doesn't have to be natural as long as it's outside of control. If it's outside uh, Canada Post or the carriage control and mail is delayed between processing plants such that mail revi- arrives after the last plant scheduled dispatch to depots and committed product is impact is what it says. So if product arrives 
so far behind that it's missed the last freighter, they can't make you wait for it, essentially. Yeah, and like at that point, they're probably unlikely to meet their um, their promise of when they would deliver it. So, yeah. and, and again, I shouldn't say can't. They have to get approval and blah blah blah. They, yeah. this, I think that one's more for the, to avoid them paying overtime and and whatnot. I like the next one: the public demonstrations <laughs> or public or authorities. Yeah, public authorities or demonstrations. So if the police are doing something and the road is closed or if there's a hazmat situation or a health crisis or um, a rally or a protest that's blocking traffic. I thought it was in this section, but it might be, oh, it's in the next one. Sorry, it carries on the next page. But yeah, uh, labor disruption actually has its own thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read that quick. It's one paragraph. I like it. Labor disruption refers to conditions where a Canada Post or third-party strike blocks asset access to the delivery point, the delivery facility, or the mail processing facility, whereby the point of call is not accessible or we are unable to process or dispatch committed mail. So any union or public unrest or demonstration that blocks you from getting to that mail or to that point of delivery, you do not have to deliver to. Right. And this is one where, you know, technically it's in force majeure and technically you have to go through a supervisor who's going to contact the area performance. I would immediately call that on a safety issue too because if someone's blocking it, you're not going to force your way through. That could cause safety hazards. Um, but just to you know, reinforce that the corporation does acknowledge that we do not have to cross or it can be unsafe, at least in this document. They're acknowledging that it can be unsafe to cross labor or picket lines. So definitely support your other, uh, other locals, other unions. This is just one more reason to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and to know that you can you can record it on your PDT and you won't get in trouble for it. It's recognized in the CMS that the corporation accepts that this is an acceptable practice. Right. Um, it also does give you uh, scan codes. So like if there's a parcel you can't deliver because of force majeure, you scan it and you enter this code. So for example, the severe weather one is 0159 is the code you would enter and you're, you would, you know, scan it, hold, force majeure 0159. Yeah, um, follow your supervisor's instructions on that. In our depot, they've always told us just put it on hold, other, and then write in force majeure, like the words. Yeah. But or, or they'll also tell me to say cold weather. I've yeah, cold weather. Too. Um, again, I don't know if I should say this. I'm guessing because of the amount of times we've used it, our supervisors don't go through the performance center. But when you use one of these codes, it does uh, it generates a, a report. For the performance center and they review it and if the numbers don't line up with what was approved it mentions this in the article here that they're supposed to contact the area manager so if you're not explicitly told to use one of these codes don't and if you're told to use something else all the better because yeah. you know the less management oversight we have the better we know how to do our jobs we know it's safe they don't give a crap uh one more thing to mention is uh, even when we haven't gone in as far as force majeure, uh, and when they say, well, it's bad, but it's not that bad, don't be afraid to contact your LJOSH. Anytime there's anything unusual or extreme, you should be contacting LJOSH. And there are other measures. If the corporation isn't willing to do this, then uh, you can do things like load leveling, only take out the sequence mail, other bills or certain pieces, uh, scan mail, and bring stuff back to shorten your day. Uh, but we should actually talk about what happens on force majeure. We talked about what triggers it and how to scan for it. 
But what does your day look like when you get force majeure? Well, it could be a partial suspension of delivery if if there's just parts of your route that cannot be delivered. But if it's a major event, like a it's a blizzard, then you probably aren't delivering anything, right? Yeah, sometimes it's sort only. Uh, a lot of times what they do is is say, take out what you can. Sometimes they tell you to send all the bags out, and then if you can't deliver it, someone will go pick them up. But a lot of the times it's just, they, they want you to attempt. So right. you go out, and if you are out there for five minutes, you've attempted. If you're out there for two hours, then that's good. There are other transportation um, events that could mean that it's even less, though. Like, if the if the plane can't land at the airport to get the priorities, you're not going to have priorities that day, or you're going to have less priorities that day. If they can't transport that mail to the plant to be processed, then there's going to be no mail come from your plant. If they can't transplant it to your deep or transport it to your depot, you're not going to get any mail. So how do you sort? You got nothing. You're going to come into work. They're going to say, oh, no, force majeure. We have no mail in the building. You got nothing to deliver. So unless you're just taking out the flyers you already have, which seems unlikely if the weather's that bad that they can't drive a truck across town. Yeah, that happened to us once where the snow was two or three feet deep in front of the depot and they couldn't even open the gates and... Oh, that was awesome. Yep. Uh, luckily, someone was nice enough to call me before I even left town because I live 45 minutes out of town. So that was nice. Save you the gas? Yep. I was just getting in the truck and I just got out. <laughs> it was nice. So this only applies to if um, if committed project is going to be delayed. Things that don't really have a time limit. Like if, you're, uh, if your priority mail has already got there, but your letter mail hasn't, they may not technically call, call force majeure because all the stuff that has time commitments on it is or is not being delayed but again use your 3313 right. uh whatever caused that delay is probably causing a hazard yeah like like kevin said earlier you can request force majeure you can't demand it and if you request it and they deny it then you turn to 3313 or to the labor code um if you're an rsmc right um and again our supervisors seem to be a little making it up as they go but uh, <laughs> I can't see uh, anything being different in other places, but we usually normally scan it out for delivery as usual mm -hmm. and then uh, go into delivery, scan it, hold, other, type in force majeure. Uh, M-A-J-E-U-R-E, -E, which <laughs> I, I look Bruce up Mayo every single it's time. it's not Emmy. Yeah. It would be Emmy. I look up every time. Yeah. Um, and this can also be done in the plant too. Uh, if they know they're not going to be able to get the freighter to the depot in the first place, they can scan it force majeure as it comes into the plant and then not even send it out if it has to. It's kind of funny here too, later on in the article, it says if force majeure events last for more than one day, on the second day, you scan it force majeure as you did before. And if it's new, you scan it force majeure. So no difference. It occurs to me, if you can't deliver the flyers, technically the flyers are committed. We committed to the customer that we would deliver those flyers. Mm -hmm. Can you force majeure scan flyers? Yeah, it's a committed product. There's no reason not to. The supervisors will not like that, uh, our depot least. And no, when they, they tell don't. you to go out and attempt, they always say attempt your your flyer portion Start first. Your flyer portion, yeah. Uh, and oftentimes they will say, you know, you really have to finish your your flyer portion, but then they'll attack on an end. Like if you really can't, let us know. Um, I love if you, how, if how you, they are always contradictory because they're yeah. like, you have to follow the pull sheet, follow the header board, line of travel, but but start with your flyer portion. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can't do it, you can't do it. I don't care if you're flyers. Uh, no. In that case, um, I would definitely 
contact your, your shop steward to tell the supervisor that you can't do them and uh, have them with you if you can. Always, you know, they're, if they've approved force majeure, they shouldn't be too bad about it, but you know how they can get with flyers sometimes because flyers are the only things that matter. And realistically, it's not worth putting yourself at risk for less than two cents a flyer. No. So one of the problems with force majeure um, is that a lot of times when you get like the minus 40 weather, that is not coming for one day. It's coming for mm-hmm. a week or two. So the ma- the mail is likely going to pile up. Yep. And people fear that sometimes. Um, a lot of them will do it for three days and then phone in sick, which is not cool, but it mm-hmm. happens. Um, keep in mind, uh, there are things like load leveling mm-hmm. where, you know, the supervisor won't make you take that out all in one day. You can spread out the backlog over a few days. I'm going to suggest if you come into a route that someone has done that to you on, that you go to your supervisor and you ask if you can split that route in half and have two people do it because yeah. you're doing two or three days worth of mail. And if they don't like that, a lot of times you can say, you know, I've said in past, it's like, look, you can pay this member uh, a full day to do two, to do two thirds of the route and have someone else do a third or half, whatever. Or you can pay them to do their full route and pay them time and a half to finish it. Right. And, you know, they care more about money than people. So they would gladly go with that lower paid option. Uh, Straight know. time rather than overtime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And usually a term is a lower rate than most full-time carriers. But That being said, keep in mind, 1508 says that if you want the overtime, it's your route and you keep the work. Right. They can't force that. And if you low level, they can't say, well, you're refusing this bit of mail. Have someone else do it. It's like, no, you're delaying it for safety. That is still your work. Right. Okay. And your overtime. And I'm sorry, I don't know what the clause is in the RSMC agreement for something like that, if they have one. <laughs> for what load leveling? For the 1508. I don't think they have a similar clause no, that says they that they get to only overtime. No, they don't. Because there is no overtime in there. No, no such thing as overtime for RSMCs. Yeah. Not a reasonable overtime anyway. No, not, not pay for work completed. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. That is our force majeure, our major force from Regina. Yeah, if you're ever in the area, um, the Delta downtown is a great hotel. It's got a nice pool and a water slide. And uh, Bushwhackers is nearby. They have live music and good food. (laughs) I was there last night. It was great. Say hi to your postal buddies when you're here. uh, District Labor Council, Shobin and Radden's the president there. This is the one problem with the Delta is you can see the postal facility from here which is somewhat depressing when you're not at work. It is a ugly building. It is ugly. Yes, it is. Ugly is the management that and works apparently there. apparently it floods. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, so visit your posties. Don't visit their building. Have a great week. <laughs> visit them at Bushwhackers. Yeah, have a great week or two, and we'll talk to you then. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm.